up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back, Raw. Welcome, Troy. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Of course, man. Thanks for coming on. So, man, no problem. Episode number 10, I think it is. 10. We finally made the, the milestone, bro. 10. Exactly. So what we're going to be doing from moving forward real quick uh, is putting them out every Monday. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that, audio listeners as well. Uh, but Troy, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Man, so name is Troy. Uh, grew up in the Bay Area. Uh, live in Emeryville currently. Um, battled cancer for 14 years. Uh, lost my left arm. And um, yeah, I'm really trying to do a big thing in the community. I'm trying to start a nonprofit foundation to do motivational, inspirational speaking, you know, spread awareness about, you know, how living an active, healthy lifestyle can really make a difference in people. Um, I coach basketball currently. That's a real passion of mine, you know, helping kids out. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to stay consistent, man. Trying to, you know, practice what I preach and live in an active, healthy lifestyle as well. And um, yeah, man, just trying to um, just take it one step at a time and not overwhelm myself. <laughs> yeah, seriously. My first question is: You say a uh, healthy lifestyle. Are you uh, big on like the vegan vegan hype right now too, or, or is that something completely different? <laughs> oh man, so I'm vegetarian. Um, okay. I went vegan, um, and it was tough for me. You know, one thing I always preach about when I say you know, or when I tell people like what I eat is everybody's different you know what worked for me may not work for you you know and so my thing is find what works for you and you know stick to it you Mm -hmm. know and so um you know just quick story like i went vegetarian for two years trying to do something different um like i had cancer and i was given six months to live in 2007. Um, i had nine tumors throughout my body i had eight in my lungs and i had one in the back of my head holy crap and so Man, so I was going to the hospital every six months, getting a CT, a bone scan, and an MRI. Wow. And I, I was very, you know, very stable for, you know, 10, 12 years. And, you know, obviously with, you know, a lot of documentaries coming out on Netflix, like what the hell, you know, I kind of did some research and that's when I like, I tried vegan, but it was just too hard for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I tried vegetarian and I did that for two years and I actually beat cancer this past December 2018. Oh, wow, man. Congratulations, by the way. Hey, thank you, bro. Thank you. So what type of uh, cancer did you have? I had osteosarcoma. So it is bone cancer, and it started out on my left arm, and I had a bone replacement. I did nine months of chemo. Um, After I finished chemo, the cancer spread again to the same arm, and they actually had to amputate my left arm. And about five months later, the the cancer came back again, and it Mm -hmm. spread to my lungs and it metastasized and kept multiplying every time they were doing surgery and then eventually a tumor got attached to my heart and to my trachea so they had to try to cut the tumor off but i started to bleed internally during surgery so they had to burn the tumor so i wouldn't bleed to death and after surgery they basically said you know we have no options for you the only option we have is chemotherapy which i did before and i'm like i'm not doing that again that was gruesome uh, gruesome you know it was just brutal like the worst time of my life so i just decided to take my chances i'm like you know what if i go out i'm gonna go out swinging i'm gonna do what i want to do in life i'm gonna be in school or being around family and friends so you know i kind of just decided to take a risk on myself gotcha so i think it's interesting what you said you said uh what works for you might not work for someone else. Um, as far as, you know, the cancer process, uh, would you, you know, say, hey, I wouldn't do chemo if I got, if someone else got diagnosed with cancer, would you, like, recommend doing that? Or would you say, hey, man, 
you know, let life take its course. You know, if you body can beat it, it's gonna beat it. If not, not. Man, bro, that's that's a tough one because pull the mic a little bit closer, real quick. Sorry, not you're good. Um, that's tough because, you know, when I was diagnosed, um, it was in 2004. I was 14 years old. Oh man. And you know, there was no YouTube out. There wasn't iPhones, smartphones. Um, and no one in my family had cancer. I was the first person, so I really didn't have nowhere to look to. I didn't have mm. anyone where I can be like, hey, bro, what'd you do, you know, when you fought cancer? So I honestly, I just listened to the doctors. They said, we're doing chemo, this is what you gotta do, and I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. But now, living in 2019, there's so many resources with YouTube and Google, there's so many stories out there of people who've beaten cancer naturally by using marijuana CBD oil, which is mm -hmm. actually what I used. It definitely helped me out a lot. Uh -huh. um, and definitely with the, you know, going plant-based, you know, you don't have to go, I mean, I didn't go vegan, you know, but I just, I ate a lot more vegetable, like 10 times more than I ate previously. And I found out that that worked for me. So um, going back to your question, if somebody told me they were diagnosed with cancer and, and you know, what would be my recommendation, the first thing I would just say is do your research but I would definitely recommend a lot of plant-based studies, mm -hmm. just trying to give people options without having to go that route. Because yes, chemo kills bad cells, but it also kills good cells. And that's something that a lot of people don't hear about. You know, mm -hmm. it definitely kills cancer, but you get really sick, you lose your hair, you, you feel terrible, and you can either go that route or you can, you know, cut out everything and you know go vegan or try vegetarian and not have to feel that sick and be healthier mm -hmm. so i think it's just doing what you know kind of doing your research and then even just looking at the foods that you might have to eat if i said hey i eat blueberries every day and somebody said well i'm allergic to blueberries mm -hmm. and i'll be like okay well you want to find a different fruit that has you know the same minerals but different ingredients that you're not allergic to mm. so it has the same like vitamins that help you fight these diseases but stuff that you're not allergic to so that's what i would that's what i mean kind of like by like just kind of doing your research and seeing what works for you gotcha wow huh and then uh, another question i had was did this like did that situation kind of make you more spiritual were you like damn there is a god like or was it more like you know it just wasn't my time like um man i'm definitely a big believer um i believe everything happens for a reason um that's something i try to leave out i don't know how people feel about you know uh their beliefs and you know religion and whatnot so i don't like want to offend anybody but i hear that a lot you know from doctors nurses you know there's a guardian angel with you you know there's somebody with looking over you i hear that all the time mm -hmm. and you know um of course i can only imagine like you know, my grandma, she passed away when I was like 10 and we were really close. And a couple of things that bothered me is I don't remember the last time I saw her. And, you know, that always kind of bothers me. I never really got to say goodbye when she passed away. So um, if anything, I could be like, yeah, I, I believe like my grandma, she's with me. You know, she's definitely a big part of my life. And um, yeah, uh, I think that it's definitely something that I believe in. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, just keeping my faith strong, understanding what I believe in has worked for me. It's gotten me this far in life. Yeah. And if it worked, you know, why go away from it? You know, just keep pushing, take it one day at a time and let the rest be history. Gotcha. Damn. So we were talking uh, before the podcast a little bit. Uh, you're opening up your own 
basketball camp or basketball? Uh, what, what, go ahead. Yeah, so, um, you know, I've coaching for about three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, coached sixth grade basketball, and I've coached girls before, uh, third grade through sixth grade. And, um, yeah, I've been wanting to start my own organization um, out here That's in sick. the Bay Area. Um, you know, I want to be able to kind of run a program the way I want to. want to be able to just show kids, you know, the only disability in life is a bad attitude. You know, I think a lot of kids out here, you know, we tend to lose focus on kids are growing up without parents, without role models to look up to. And it's very easy to get pulled into like a different life, you know, gangbanging or, you know what I mean? Like on the streets, you know, robbing people. And it's so easy now, especially with, you know, social media, it could either be like a phone could either be like the devil or the angel, you know what I mean? Because it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Because you see a lot of stuff like, like on Worldstar, they may post like a positive, you know, inspirational video in one minute and then 10 minutes later, post a naked girl twerking, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) so, so it's like, you know, for me, it's like, it's so easy for kids to fall into like the bad arms, you know, of what's out there. So I want to try to start a program to where, you know, not only do I teach kids about, you know, basketball, about, you know, how it's helped me get to where I am today, but how we can like help kids, you know, with their life and their situation Mm -hmm. and understand that it's, you know, sports, you know, it can, you know, it can pay for school. It can pay for your education. Yeah. You know, it can lead you into other directions like me, like coaching, you know, you help other kids when you get older, Mm -hmm. you know, you can um, become a mentor, you know, kids who they may be great in basketball, but they have a bad attitude you know, spend time with them, coach them into the way they can fix that attitude. And so where coaches, they won't, you know, kind of shove them aside because they have a bad attitude, even though they're a great player. Yeah. You know, they want to understand like, hey, he just had a bad life, but he's have, he has somebody in his life that's helping him, you know, get through his struggles. And so, um, yeah, that, that's the reason why I want to start an organization, you know, to, to help out with the, with, with the community, with like kind of what's going on in that situation. That's sick. We have a thing in, uh, in Pleasanton. I used to ref out here. There was uh, CYO. Oh, okay, okay. Right? And so sometimes I would have to ref the girls' games. And they would be like between third and eighth grade. And those games are a lot more physical and aggressive than the guy games. Because these girls, like, <laughs> dude, they be throwing elbows. They be pushing each other. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. It's crazy. I'm like, damn, these girls are third grade. This is the suburbs. Like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on? Like, But, uh... <laughs> Tell me kind of about that experience and, like, how coaching girls was a lot different. Because I'm sure it was. Oh, definitely. Um, You know, what's crazy about it is, you know, I feel like in today's society, I feel like girls feel like they're undervalued in sports Mm -hmm. because, you know, no one watches the WNBA. No one really watches it because it's not, like, you know, scheduled to be like on mainstream TVs that much, yeah. or people may just say it's not exciting, you know, they can't dunk or whatever. So I feel like when I coached the girls, they felt like they had to push themselves more, mm. you know, they had to fight to get the respect out there, you know, prove to say, it. hey, yeah, prove themselves that they're worthy of being out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it was cool because I felt like the girls listened more than the guys did. You know, the guys, they, I, like I said, I coached sixth grade, so they're a little older. 
and they're kind of developing into their personality. They're about yeah. to be in middle school. So they kind of had this swagger like, yo, I'm about to be in middle school, man. You can't tell me what to do. Like, I'm <laughs> nice in basketball. And I'm like, hold on, dog. Like, we ain't played nobody. Like, we're out here. We'll play kids, like, in the same city, maybe a couple cities over. But, man, let me take you to, to, to East Oakland. You know what I'm some saying? Like, people are some there. dogs out yeah, there. For you real. Know? Wake your game up a little bit. So, yeah. um, and, you know, with girls, man, they just – they were just humble. They were quiet. They listened. They understood that, you know, it takes a lot to get to the level that they wanted to be at. Mm-hmm. And so they were just very patient. And um, but on the court, though, they were, they were hungry. Like you said, man, they were they were ready. And um, yeah, they, they just go out and get it. They get it done. And, um, you know, so I enjoyed that. I actually coached. I actually enjoyed coaching the girls more than the boys um, just in that sense, you know, because they want to learn. They want to learn. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the, that the boys don't, but the girls, you know, going back to what I said earlier, the girls feel like they have something to prove when it comes to sports Mm -hmm. because they feel like they get overlooked by the boys. Yeah. So I feel like that's why they push themselves more. They hustle harder. They listen more and they take it a step further every time they're out there because of that. Gotcha. I have a theory on the WNBA. Yeah, I think it's super uh, – I don't think a lot of professional women would like my theory. But <laughs> Here we it's go. my theory because I think it would literally save the WNBA. It would make it a fucking mainstream oh, oh boy. sport Here we go. league. Right. If they lowered the rim to nine feet instead of ten feet. <laughs> they could start dunking. They would dunk, bro. <laughs> they would dunk. They would dunk on each other. It would be fucking way more highlights. I'm serious, <laughs> bro. True, and yeah. I, I, I don't think a lot. Like, I heard Sue Bird talk about it once. Like, we don't want to be, like, a disadvantage other than the guys or something like that. But I just think, like, imagine Brittany Griner, like, on a nine-foot rim. Right, right. Like, it would be, like, nasty. Right. And I, you know, I mean, I cannot remember um, – the player but somebody actually said that in um it was a tv show i can't remember but someone said have you thought about lowering the rims and she kind of made a statement about like they'd have to learn the game all over again you know like uh, like different wise. shooting tech yeah. Yeah. yeah but at the same time i mean what's more exciting like a crossover where you break somebody's ankles or a dunk between the legs on somebody and breaking the rim. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, right? I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I completely understand both sides. Yeah. Um, but in reality, dunking is the most exciting play in NBA. Whether yeah. we want to admit that or not, dunking the basketball is the most exciting part. So if you can't do that, it kind of takes away the excitement. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know what is going to, like, what's going to impress you more than that, you know? I mean, and, I don't know. That's just kind of the way I feel like it's being viewed. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, you know, Steph has certainly changed the game, you know, with shooting the ball from 90 feet, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, crazy to where, you know, it's taken everybody's game to that level to where shooting is now exci- just as exciting almost. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, no, I completely understand where you're coming from on that sense of, you know, kind of lowering the rims, you know, to kind of just make it more exciting for the fans, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's hella funny. Right. That's always been my theory, man. I swear, I think I think that would literally save the WNBA. Not saying that it's in trouble right now, but I just think it could be a lot more popular because more these girls are so talented, dude. Yeah, like, for sure. It's amazing how talented they are, and it's like they're playing on the same rim as, you know, the men. It's the same. It's the same height. The ball is a little bit smaller, but you know, other than that, I think that would literally save the league. 
That's true. If they're going to make a smaller ball, might as well make a smaller hoop, right? Hey, makes sense well. to me. Yeah. So have you? I've seen on uh, your Instagram uh, a while back. You were on World Star, uh, and you've met some uh, pretty famous people. Um, so is there a person that you've met that was kind of like the pinnacle so far, where you're like, oh my god, this is so dope? Um, just the f- person that I have met, I probably would just have to say. Um, you know, I met uh, Adam Silver, you know, the commissioner of the NBA. But Damn, uh, that's sick. Know, yeah, I mean, it was very brief. You know, it yeah. was actually at a a, a pre-draft uh, lunch. Um, you know, so I met Jalen Brown, um, played for the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. um, at Cal Berkeley. And um, the head coach of Cal um, had cancer at the time. Mm. And they had an event where they brought patients from the hospital to come by and kind of meet the coach, meet the players. And yeah. so I got invited and... Um, yeah, me and JB, we just started talking, and we were just we just clicked, you know, and um, so we just exchanged contacts. And um, what's crazy is um, I hadn't we didn't talk that often, but I texted him a couple months later after he declared to the draft because he was projected to be a top five pick mm-hmm. and or top ten pick, excuse me. And um, I'm like, hey man, congrats on you know declaring for the draft. And then he said, hey man, what are you doing in June? And I'm like. I don't know, probably just working or something. And then he invited me to go out there. Damn, oh, wow. Yeah, man. So it was it was cool, bro. Um, a week later, I get an email from the NBA, and they uh, send me my flight itinerary, my hotel Damn. confirmation. <laughs> what? <Bro. laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, they had a, a driver pick me up from the airport, oh, take me to so my spot. Sick. and um, That's cool, man. Yeah, so, you know, of course, meeting the commissioner wouldn't happen without meeting yeah. JB and stuff, so... Mm-hmm. So that was cool, man. Um, and then with Worldstar, uh, yeah, so I played in like a couple rec leagues, you know, like, you know, even though I have one arm, I, I still like to play just for fun or whatever. Oh, yeah. But Tear it up. Yeah, I tried to, man. So, uh, one of my bros, um, he came and recorded one of my games. And, um, yeah, I hit this dude with like a spin move. And then, uh, you know, I kind of drove to the lane and got a layup over him. He tried to like block my shot. But... It looked pretty nasty on camera, so I posted it on my IG, and then a lot of people were sharing it. And then World Star like messaged me and said, "Hey, man, can we post this video of you?" And I was like, oh, "Yeah, wow. for sure, man." And, <laughs> That's uh, dope. Yeah, and then they kind of like they learned more about my story, and then they supported me a lot um, after hearing it. And um, yeah, they even reposted my video when I uh, shared the news that I beat cancer in December. Um, Sick. I found out December eighteenth, wow. and um, so I actually went to the doctors and I got the report saying that I was cancer-free, and I got it, like, printed out on a piece of paper. And wow. I wait, and I waited a week later to give it to my mom on Christmas Day. Oh, oh that's so, beautiful. Yeah, I so. bet she broke down. Uh, I'm yeah. sure that was kind of emotional. Definitely, man. It was, I mean, for me, it's like I had a whole week to kind of, like, be like, yeah. wow, like, yeah. you know, I'm cancer-free. This is dope. You know, I, I fought, you know, really hard and, you know, worked for this. And for so, sure. you know, for her, she was just like, are you fucking kidding? Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> where? How? Like, who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was because I didn't tell her and stuff. So, um, yeah, that, that was a blessing, you know, to to not only share that news, but to also have some big platforms like World Star, yeah. you know, kind of have my back and support me and get my message out there. And, and I've definitely gotten a lot of support from people across the world uh, who mm-hmm. just, like, reached out, on, you know, through messages and just saying, man, your story inspired me and whatnot. So, yeah, man, I just tried to take it you know for all i can and just yeah. keep trying to spread that message about staying positive so i'm sure you've always loved basketball right and you i'm sure you had big dreams uh as far as you know your aspirations with basketball 
Uh, how old were you when you lost your arm? You said 14? Uh, I was actually 15. 15, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And then when, when that happened, were you like, you know, what was your emotions towards the game as far as, like, you still wanted to play, of course. Definitely. Um, it was something kind of tough about it because I always felt like, I mean, every kid's dream is, as a kid, you know, you want to be a professional athlete, a doctor, or a lawyer, and um, at that point, it was like, dang, well, what actually, you know, what made it a little easier is um, I was the team's manager. I was a manager for my high school basketball team at that time. Okay. So I got to travel with the team, you know, kind of like take the stats, you know, and just be involved in the huddles and sit on the bench with them. So I felt very a part of the team at that time, yeah. you know, and whatnot. So even though I knew I was like losing my arm at that time, like for me, it was more so like, damn, man, like I'm going to have to learn everything over. You know, it's almost kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, learning how to walk as a toddler you know like you have to learn how to you know get dressed you know tie your shoes get you know yourself ready and cook for yourself you know i don't want to be that person that was so reliable for everybody Mm -hmm. and whatnot so um it definitely taught me patience i'll definitely say that um it it, i'm very understanding that things take time you know no matter what the circumstances are Mm -hmm. um so yeah that that was kind of a blessing because it i wouldn't say i wasn't patient before but this definitely taught me the values of being patient you know and you know kind of just definitely helped me in a lot of situations gotcha yeah i remember talking to travis and he was like yeah man uh i know this guy he has one arm but he hoops you know he can (laughs) hoop like he was like really like bigging you up on like you know sending you at the gym i believe that's where it was and uh, you playing basketball and being like good yeah, I was like, oh, shit, we got to get him on a podcast. Man. We got to hear this story. 100%. Man, yeah. Um, you know, what What I always say is, you know, of course, like, when people see me understanding I have one arm, you know, they'll be like, you know, what, what was the biggest help for you? You know, like, who did you look up to? And, you know, I always just say my family and friends, you know, like, mm-hmm. even Travis, man, like, he probably doesn't know it, but, like, he inspired me a lot because he didn't treat me any different. You know, we worked together at the same gym. Uh-huh. And just by having those type of people around you like just by not looking at me like damn man like i don't want to be with him he has one arm you know that's weird you know like that actually just makes me feel more comfortable just having people around you that just treat you the same you know what i mean like i mean i'm older now so and i'm very understanding like if somebody and it's happened before i'll be in the streets and people be like look he has one arm you know whatever just really really obnoxious about it but um you know, it used to bother me a lot, but mm-hmm. growing up, it's kind of like I understood that, man, you know what? They might just not have been raised on how to properly, you know, approach people when they see someone that's different. Yeah. So I can't point the fingers at them, you know. I mean, yeah. the parents just might have not, you know, taught them about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of understanding in that sense. But, um, but yeah, just being around people that, you know, have good hearts, you know, really genuine, you know, that just, that makes life so much worth, you know, living for. It makes it a lot easier to just go about your day-to-day life, especially, like, when you're around them all the time, like, in your work environment, you know, which where we worked at. Um, it was definitely easy to to just, you know, feel welcomed, you know, and just be a part of something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a blessing as well because, like, uh, some people, you know, you, I mean, you never know what people have. You never know what people don't have, you know, and we all have something that we're struggling with. No matter what, you know what I mean? So I think, you know, taking everything with a grain of salt and understanding that, hey, you know, I might have something that someone else doesn't have. I have a home. I have a family. Some people ain't got family, you know what I mean? Some yeah. people, there's always something that don't people don't have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So looking at it a different uh, lens, 
can definitely you know change your your mentality oh definitely yeah yeah do you so growing up uh after you lost your arm was it obviously you've kind of dealt with it now and those people in the street kind of saying things like they say um was there a point where when you were younger you were kind of like you know what screw that because i imagine when you were younger it was probably a lot harder because i mean kids just don't have filters well for <laughs> you know sure I mean? yeah. yeah yeah i still deal with that today you know yeah. i'll be at the grocery store and you know literally i'll hear it like you know look mommy has one arm and they'll like scream it you know and then now that I'm older, my reaction is, okay, I'm not worried about the kid. Yeah, what yeah. are the parents going to say? Exactly. You know, because the parents could be like, you know, hey, don't, don't, don't say that. Yeah, you like, know, like, yeah, smack yeah, yeah try to like smack yeah. him in the head. So yeah. You know, or they'll just be like, you know, like, um, really? Where? He does. Oh, no. You know, Does I've that heard, happen? I've heard that a couple times, bro. What? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Damn. That's and foul. So, um, it's, and it goes back to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not even going to get mad at it. You know, um, I know, like, myself being a good person like i don't have anything to shy away from i actually embrace having one arm now because it's brought me to a lot of places you know that of course yeah i wouldn't have been able to get to i don't think if it was for that and it's just helped me better mentally you know spiritually and you know i just feel like i grew tremendously as a person because of the fact that i lost my arm so yeah. um yeah it's uh i've heard it all man i mean it's it's crazy to think all the stuff that people say but you know, it is what it is, you know, it's it's just a part of life, you know, yeah. so, you know, I'm here, I'm here, I'm breathing, you know, and so I can't be any more thankful for that. Heck yeah. yeah that's facts. So uh, do you, uh, do you see yourself trying to coach high school eventually or maybe like some college type stuff or are you, are you like, you know, helping the younger kids kind of see in that path? Um, oh man, that's, I think my biggest thing right now I want to get into is, um, is speaking like inspirational speaking mm -hmm. um i love being able to go to schools i've been at a couple different high schools around oakland and pleasanton and spoke to like the football team at foothill high school spoke to the basketball team at oakland high school and um i know there's a lot of platforms out there as far as you know maybe going to colleges you know going to like duke university or you know even going to like a convention where maybe like the CEO of Twitter's there or Apple mm -hmm. or something, you know, just to kind of get the message across of what a positive attitude can do. Because I feel like we get so caught up in saying like, dang, man, like life sucks, man. You know, like I didn't get mm -hmm. the job or, you know, this didn't happen to me or whatever, or, you know, I broke my watch or something, you know, and it can really, you know, kind of really hurt somebody's you know feelings or emotions towards themselves and just make them look at life differently mm -hmm. you know and not be thankful for what they do have instead of what they don't have mm -hmm. and so i feel like if my story can help people you know get over the obstacles that they ch they're faced and they're challenged with in life then that's what i want to dedicate my life to you know i really feel like um i really didn't have that when i was first diagnosed of somebody that really just kind of helped me i kind of just went by day by day, you know, with having the support of my family and friends, which, you know, helped me out a lot. But I feel like now with all the platforms and stuff that are out there, I want to be a part of that to be able to travel, speak, help people, all ages, yeah. all different, you know, stories, and um, just try to help them change their lives, you know, to be the best version that they possibly can be. Mm -hmm. That's huge. So d does it, does it kind of irritate you at some points? I know, uh, a lot of people say they can't do something and they can't like oh man like 
well, I don't have this or I don't have that or I don't have this. Does it kind of ever irritate you? Because you've done a lot with what you had. Mm-hmm. You've come a lot far, further than I think a lot of people um, who have everything almost can go uh, just right. off willpower and dedication alone. Does it irritate you when people say stuff like that? And like coming from where you came from, do you feel like it kind of irks you a little bit or um, how do you take it? A little, but at the same time, I'm understanding that, you know, not everybody thinks the same way. Mm-hmm. I feel like what I've learned and what I've kind of taught myself is a lot different than most. Um, you know, these people may really just feel like they don't have everything, you know, and it's it it's hard to really like to really get upset because it's like these people may have really thought that they lost everything they had Mm -hmm. and it's like damn man well you know you know it happens you know i mean look at my story but at this you know but at the same time it's like it's it's just something that people are gonna have to find within themselves you know that's something that i've learned especially when it came down to taking like public speaking classes like a lot of times and this is crazy when i learned this like when you're about to give a speech if you're going to go into let's say a classroom of 100 kids 99 percent of the time you're going to have between an 8 to 12 second window to capture their attention before they don't give a fuck damn because a lot of times when you talk to somebody and you're about to share something people don't care what you have to say unless it can benefit them Mm -hmm. because people at the end of the day all you have is yourself you know what i mean like and i even translate this to like you know when you go on an airplane right and then they tell you if the mask drop you put it on yourself before you put it on like mm. your child yeah and uh, instinct as a parent you're like no my child comes first mm-hmm. but if you're struggling with the mask and you can't get it on your child and then you pass out and then your child passes out you just killed you both yeah but if you're able to get it on yourself first and then you help your child out nine times out of ten you'll probably win that battle yeah you know and so that comes down to like relating that to back to the original question like people it's something that you kind of have to do for yourself Mm -hmm. i mean i can it's like if you're thirsty i can bring you some water but you have to drink it yeah you know what i mean like yeah so it's like you know i know you're they may be struggling going through a hard time saying man i can't do this i can't do that it's like, I mean, I'm here to support you, but at the same time, you're going to have to find the strength within yourself, you know, because yeah. that's, it, at the end of the day, that's all you, that's all you have. 100%. I was uh, talking to a family member the other day, and uh, he's going through a lot as far as like, you know, splitting with his wife, um, you know, they're losing their, their home, all this type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, super down about it. And I'm like, man, think about uh, the life you created, though. You know, you have three kids. Right. They can grow up to be anything. They can cre- they can have kids. You know, I I hang out with some people that uh are are wealthy, but they don't have a relationship with their family. Mm-hmm. You know, and they do all these cool things, but they're kind of lonely. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's like you got to look at it like you created a legacy. You created something that can go forever. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have more than what you have, but they ain't really happy. Yeah. You know, they ain't got no family to lean on. You know, they might have some money. They might be able to go do some cool things, but you know, if you ain't got the company, you're lonely. You know what I mean? And it's hard to make it through whatever you're trying to make it through if you ain't got someone to lean on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, and that 
that's very unfortunate you know when stuff like that happens to people you know you feel like you lost everything yeah you know but um but you know you have to understand you know the bigger picture is that you know you're here for a reason if you're still on earth and you're breathing mm -hmm. you know god wants you here for a purpose you know what i mean and that's something that people tend to forget you know like you know people they pass away every day people are dying as we speak yeah you know and people are being born as we speak you know and it's like if you're still here with all the stuff that's going on you know all the unfortunate mass shootings that are going on and you know we're still here like that's a blessing in itself yeah you know and every day is an opportunity to grow and to learn and to just make a difference you know whether it's in your life make a difference in someone else's life and I think if you just value those those things, then not only will you feel better, but you're going to look at life in a whole new different way. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just that's something that I definitely want to help out people understanding is that, you know, it's life is beautiful, man. And you have to take it for what it is and just learn, you know, learn to grow. Well, I think that's how the truth, too, is because it's something as simple as like when you're sick right and you have a stuffy nose something as simple as that you're like man i would be happy only if my nose was you know what i mean kind of yeah, that situation yeah, yeah. and then like we're sitting here we're all breathing out of our noses just fine yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. we're not happy but at that point in time we're like oh if only if only if yeah, only if right so it's kind of like what you're saying it's like you just got to be happy with what you have and yes, kind of back to what you were saying too it's like other people might not have what you have especially like when it comes to family and happiness and stuff. So yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Man. So uh, how often would you say you, uh, you play basketball? Oh man, not as much as I used to. I used to always be in the gym, man. Like always hooping every day. I probably hoop maybe two or three times a week now. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm always like learning, you know, I'm always like watching videos on how to coach, you know, different plays. I can run with kids and, um, you know, just trying to learn also just how to just become a better, you know, like person, you know, as like a as a coach, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't want the kids to, you know, feel like, hey, our coach is a dick, you know, like, all he does is yell, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, I'm going to be that way, of course, but it's only because like I'm looking at the bigger picture for you guys, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like understanding that. Um, you know, basketball is, is bigger than sports, you know, it, carry, it can carry you a long way, you know, outside of the gym, you know, coaching, mentoring, you know, or, you know, education and stuff. So do the kids ever get like surprised when they see you sh shooting and all that? And they're like, oh, like my coach, you know, he has one arm, but he actually is like raw. Like, he knows how to play. <laughs> oh, man. All the time. If I see my kids acting up, you know, I'm like, all right next drill we're doing one-on-one -on -one, and i'm going first man and i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with all them <laughs> got to man i gotta let them know is it ever like that in the gym too it's like all right like you're playing fives and uh you know someone's like all right well i'm, I'm gonna go easy on him then you get a couple buckets on him he's like whoa hold on and oh yeah bro all the time man that's usually how it always is like i'll be hooping and a couple guys they'll just take it easy on me and then you know they'll be like oh damn he can really play you know yeah. and and what i've learned is like people i don't even really think they know how to guard me like yeah they can force me left but i can actually go to my left a little bit which people are kind of surprised about you yeah. know and stuff so they're they're not expecting that and then they're like damn well if he can go left i don't know what i'm gonna do you know because yeah. i don't want to look stupid out here <laughs> and, and i know that's what probably people probably feel like you know if you get crossed or you know 
by somebody with one hand, you know, it's like it can kind of kill someone's confidence right. in themselves. <laughs> yeah. and so I definitely would say I had my fair share of doing that a few times. And um, but it's it it is what it is. I mean, I'm here to just play ball, you know, and nothing, nothing less, nothing more. Mm-hmm. So you uh, I know you mentioned in the past um, you've played for some leagues specifically for uh, physically disabled people, right? Or Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I currently play for a, a basketball team called Amp One, and we're, um, we're from all over the country. Um, all my teammates are from different areas of the country. I have a teammate in Oregon, one's from Riverside, mm. one's from New York, one's from Arizona, Damn. one's from Tennessee. And I met them through social media. Um, basically, everybody on the team is an amputee. Everybody has a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of my teammates were born with one leg or one arm, or they had a leg when they were born, but it was a disease where they had like one toe or two toes, and it was just better to amputate the leg. And mm. um, had a teammate who was in a car accident, and one who was you know shot in the leg when he was a child. Damn. And um, you know basketball kind of brought us all together. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we like to travel the country, and doing community events where we kind of share our stories about what we all been through but how we don't give up on life you know we try to motivate educate and inspire you know people about how important you know a positive attitude is but how you know believing in yourself can really make a difference you Mm -hmm. know and so we like to share our basketball abilities you know with people and we try to schedule events where we can play like a five-on-five um, game against like community members just like you know yeah. regular people that you would see at 24 you yeah. know like and just to show people like hey we all have missing limbs they don't but we can still compete against them you know kick their ass, yeah. we <laughs> tried to man and we've done it a few times man yeah. and uh yeah so um so yeah that's what uh that's who i play for right now um but we're not we don't play in any leagues we just um we're a non-profit organization um we're currently like trying to get some funding by sponsors that you know can help us like with traveling because like we're all from all over the country and um yeah we look to try to go to schools speak at schools go to you know any type of events where we can just kind of like share our stories and get that out there um so yeah that's uh that's what i do also like just kind of like in my time when i'm just like with them trying to just inspire you know and educate people on that that's awesome man it's really a beautiful thing uh do you ever think about because i'm sure this has happened i guarantee this has happened someone comes along sees you in the gym killing it and they might have had a bad day or they might be on the brink of something as horrible as ending it all for themselves i imagine you have saved a lot of lives just by being who you are and doing what you do and inspiring people and just being out there and and living life to the fullest um, I would definitely like to say so. I've heard that quite a few times, you know, so, of just just working out, you know, and people just kind of stop me during my workout and just, you know, really just let me know how I inspired them. And, you know, you don't know these people, but at the same time, this person took time out of his day to come walk up to a stranger and just say that by seeing me who, you know, has one arm, who can have every excuse in the world to not do anything and yeah. complain about life and not you know get out there to see somebody like that like working out and just doing their thing like that takes a lot of guts and confidence from that person and for me that kind of helped me even more to just want to continue on to do that to help people you know and say hey like 
I really appreciate that. You know, thank you very much. You know, I don't know what you're going through today, but if there's anything I can do to help you out, like I will, like, it's all good. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want people to like, kind of, you know, come up to me and just feel like that their day got worse, you know, by speaking to me, like I want to help them any yeah. possible way I can. So, um, no, yeah, you're definitely right, man. I've heard that quite a few times. And so, and I hope that, you know, the people that I have met from that happening, um, that they, you know, are in a better place if they were going through something tragic or whatever, or I hope that I did inspire them to continue to grow and push um, themselves, you know, to becoming better. Yeah. Are you familiar with uh, Kevin Lau? Yeah. 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 So I went to Amador, um, and I remember I was uh, I was trying out for, uh, it was my eighth grade year going into my freshman year, but he was a senior, um, so he was getting ready to graduate. And I remember I go to the Amador Foothill game, and the best player on the floor had one arm, right? And this fool is raw. Like, he's getting buckets, rebounds, everything. And I'm like, yeah. wow. And he ended up, uh, you know, playing in summer league for NBA and, and the whole the whole nine, right? So I'm like, uh, just was wondering how familiar you were with that story because that was the first time I ever saw someone compete at such a high level, you know, with one arm. Yeah, so, like, I read all about his story as well. Um, you know, people would, like, when I lost my arm, people would kind of do their research and be like, Troy, you got to watch this guy. He's actually in the Bay Area. He has one arm. Mm -hmm. And um, I never got to meet him, unfortunately. Um, we're friends via, like, Instagram and Facebook, though. And he's actually wanted to be a part of our AMP1 team. Okay. You know, but, um, yeah, he's doing something that I want to do, which is, you know, being a professional speaker where he's traveled, you know, the country, you know, overseas, mm -hmm. China, you know, Asia, Europe. And he, you know, tells his story about what he did becoming – the first um, Division One athlete who was an amputee, he got a scholarship to in New York somewhere. I think yeah, it was like Manhattan, University, Manhattan yeah, yeah, Manhattan College. Um, so he travels the world, you know, doing that, and that's something that I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm very familiar with him um, as well as I think a few years ago. I think you might have heard of him. Um, his name is Zach Hodgkins. Zach um, Hodgkins. Oh. Uh. He went to the University of Florida, and he was the amputee as well. Okay. Um, he he was missing his arm. And um, but he was a shooter, the shooter, like, the three point shooter, the three point shooter, bro. Yeah, yeah, shooter. Okay. I know you're talking about, man. Yeah, so he's another guy, you know, friends mm -hmm. with, you know, and um, same thing, you know, he's uh, kind of a part of our team, but you know, he hasn't traveled with us yet because he's like doing a lot of good things as well, yeah. And um, yeah, so I think it's it's something that I embrace doing and being a part of that, you know, just traveling, you know, coaching kids, just trying to help, you know, the future, you know, future generation into you know, kind of carrying on like this level of positive energy you know that the world needs gotcha. you got any other like uh, strong hobbies that you're into other than hoop and coaching uh, i love cooking man i love making smoothies and hey. uh you know <laughs> <laughs> um you know one thing about me is like i'm a big like you know smoothie guy that's something that's like kind of helped me you know battle like you know cancer fighting foods you know it's like foods that i never really liked, like turmeric you know like kale oh, yeah. and stuff I'm not, i wasn't really mm -hmm. big into that but i'm like I know one way I can get this down. I'm gonna just throw it in a smoothie, throw yeah. some blueberries, some, <laughs> some peanut butter, some some almond milk, and I'm good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's actually another goal of mine, man. I I want to open up a smoothie shop. You know, mm. kind of like a all natural, organic, you know, place where you can come and get like vitality bowls, kind of things. You know, um, smoothie bowls, and um, yeah, I love cooking, man. Um, healthy foods. Um, and so, yeah, I do a lot of research on that. And um, so that's definitely a hobby of mine, you know, cooking and, you know, all that. Me being someone that, like, isn't 
an avid cooker or a cook. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. say that's a better way to <laughs> say a cooker. Yeah. Um, I always wish there was like you know I'm a I live at home you know by myself. I hate to cook. I always got to go out, and the quickest shit to get is super unhealthy. Right. So I always wish there was something like healthy that was quick. I could go through the drive-through, bam, get my smoothie or get my you know vitality bowl real quick. Yeah. And bam, I'm back to my house. You know, watching my Netflix or playing my uh, Madden. Right. New Madden's out, by the way. Go get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I wish there was a something quick that I could get that's healthy. I think for me, the biggest thing was, um, uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel you on that. It's so much easier when it comes down to, you know, you go through, you're driving past, you know, like KFC. There's nobody in the drive through. Like, oh, I could be in and out in like two minutes, bro, with a full course meal. You know what I'm saying? Like, 20 piece chicken, you know, with a family, you know, in two minutes. Like, that is so much easier than like, dang, I got to go get some some uncooked chicken i gotta you know cut it i gotta you know it's gonna take me at least like an hour and then you know you're hungry by then so you're like eating while you're cooking and then when the food comes out you're like oh man i'm really not that hungry now i can eat a little bit but (laughs) um for me it's like i just you know going back you know to what i said before it's like i just i did my research on like foods that i like foods that didn't take a lot of time to cook um but one thing i will say about eating healthy man is um when you start to feel the changes in your body, you know, when you start to feel your energy level picking up, you feel yourself getting stronger in the gym, you start to feel yourself like just getting overall like like cleansing your body, mm-hmm. it kind of pushes you and motivates you to keep that up. You know, um, you know, it's something that's helped me a lot, you know, mentally. Um, when I would be like, man, I don't really feel like cooking right now, but I know when I finish cooking and whatnot, I'm going to feel great. You know, I'm going to have a lot more energy. I'm going to feel like like I can go run a marathon if I wanted to. Um, that's what I try to remember every time when I, like, you know, feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the benefits that you're going to get from spending that time, you know, cooking, you know, just valuing the, the process of it all. It's going to pay off, you know, and you're going to feel better than you have before. And then it's going to help you help others, you know. Um, it's a lot going on right now with people getting like you know diabetes and cancer you know and heart disease and you know it's crazy i've known a few people who've passed away who've had that and they their situation was less severe than mine and i almost feel like wow like their problem wasn't half as you know severe as my situation was and they're gone just from that you know it Mm -hmm. it sucks you know kind of makes you feel like damn i wish there was something i could do you know so with that being said that's why i really want to value and take into this whole situation of spreading the word about living a healthy lifestyle with you know whole foods you know and you know being positive being active go to the gym you know working out like those combined go those go hand in hand and it's only going to make you better and stronger and like i said you net like you never know like people like travis you know like he inspired me he didn't even know it you know people Mm -hmm. may see you changing your life like man hey i'm in the chef i'm in the i'm I'm a chef now i'm cooking it up man i'm whipping it you feel me and people gonna look at you like damn bro i remember when you you said it was hard but now you're doing it bro you inspired me Mm. you know and then that's gonna just keep you going that's like fuel to the fire man it's just gonna keep getting bigger and bigger for sure that's a cool concept too is because diet goes so far beyond just what you eat oh and it's like what you watch and what you listen to and who you hang around and what you do on the weekends and Mm -hmm. it all adds up and that's super true too it's like even when we're saying eating healthy it's like 
it might take hella long, but a couple days you're gonna be like, damn, like I got way more energy now. Like yeah. I feel happier. But if you eat McDonald's four days in a row, at the end of that week, man, yeah. you're just like, man, I'm over it, dude. I'm yeah. just gonna lay on the couch all day long. I'm, I'm yeah. over it. <laughs> and, so, and you know what's crazy about that, man, is like, you know, it is a little pricier, but they do have salads at McDonald's. They have, yeah. they they do their part of trying to make it healthier mm-hmm. however it's gonna be an extra couple bucks you know because yeah. it's like so much easier to just you know cook like fries you know or whatever and whatnot but um but i feel like yeah it's just it's understanding the values of how good you're gonna feel you know mm-hmm. like mentally physically for sure and um you know it's gonna it's gonna make you like have a feeling where you want to keep that you know you don't want to go away from that and feel you know sick or sluggish or whatever um, so it's just trying to have those thought processes going on in your head just to remind you, you know, why you should do that, you know, and whatnot. Yo, I had to say fries. That's my guilty pleasure, man. Well, you know, McDonald's fries. <laughs> you know, what's super interesting about that, too, is that you bring it up. I just thought of it um, is I feel like they would have a lot healthier options at McDonald's and these places if it was selling more. Because at oh, the end yeah. of the day, they're there just to make money, right? And yeah. the fact that it probably is people are buying those Big Macs and the chicken strips and the fries, but they're not getting the salad as much. So, like, yeah. well, why are we going to invest our money if these people coming through the drive through aren't even buying it? I feel like we've been programmed, though, as Americans, kind of, right? To oh, be absolutely. like, burger, sure. burger. Well, they just taste so right? damn like, good. <laughs> right? I mean, people visit America and they're like, yeah, I got to get a cheeseburger. Yeah. Right, in it's and like type of situation. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'll have like family that like come into town, you know, and first thing they want to do is, "Where's In and Out? Where's Jack in the Box?" You know, they don't have we don't have an In and Out, we don't have a Jack in the Box, and it's like it's understanding, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like an iconic place. I mean, you watch a McDonald's commercial, they yeah, you got to like you know, I'm loving it. It's such a big concept, you know, of like the time and work they put into it, making the burger look like. Like, it's one of a kind. Like, you will never be able to get a burger like this for 99 cents. You yeah. know? You're like, 99 cents? I got, like, 15 of those. You know? like, and, and people feel like, you know, like uh, like Birdman going to the dollar menu. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, I could buy anything I want here only for a dollar or two. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, I'm trying to get healthy. What about a salad? Ooh, $6? I ain't got it. But at the same time, people will probably buy six double cheeseburgers versus a salad for the same price. Yeah. You're going to get a lot more full at you know yeah. with these six cheeseburgers but how are you going to feel after yeah. eating these mm-hmm. versus eating this yeah you know and that's something that um that i try to you know always remember you know it's you know helps me but um no yeah mcdonald's they're killing it in the marketing game when it yeah. comes down to those commercials <laughs> man, i'll tell you that i mean because well, we, we've worked in the restaurant industry yeah so a part of my training right when we would take pictures and uh and post them on our social media platforms we would literally sometimes put napkins in between some of the items to make the to make it look more plump and make it look like we would literally fabricate the picture so it looks better. Whoa. Like you know what I mean? Like even with pancakes, sometimes they put like like uh like cardboard in between each pancake on like a stack so it looks like whoa, like it just looks better. Like Bro, it looks the sickest thing I've ever seen. It's kinda genius, I hate to say it. <laughs> but for a pizza commercial, right? You might have seen it on Instagram recently. They take the pizza, they take a little bit of mozzarella, put it in a bowl uh, by itself, and then they add glue 
into the bowl and mix it together with the cheese oh, wow. and then they smear it on top of the pizza so then when they pull out the slice it sticks uh. to the rest of the pizza to make it look like the cheese is hella melted. No bro. way! <laughs> but it's all glue and like a little bit of cheese. You're telling me they do that? It's just for the photos, oh, bro. That's it's, wild, I, Coming bro. from my perspective, that's pretty genius. I might steal that. It is, yeah. right? <laughs> that is, hey. Wow, I never looked at it that way. Nasty, though. Hey, is that, if that's what sells, man, that's the thing. Like, people, you're... Because uh, it, it's, like you, you said, brainwashed. That mm-hmm. word right there is... 100% accuracy because people as, as humans we're programmed to like you know we want we want like you know the the sugar the sugary drinks you know the cheapest meals for the big you know like the biggest pr- products for the cheapest prices you yeah. know and of course it's like okay well it's not going to be that good but we can we can fabricate it a little bit to make it look good, you know, here. Um, where's that fake cheese, you know, over yeah, there? We got, yeah, you know, yeah. Put a fake cheese in there instead of a real one so it just looks better. And then you take a picture of it, put it on the TV, and then people are like, wow, that looks, that looks You know what I mean? Seven ninety nine, a yeah. whole pizza like this? Yeah. And it works. You know, people are going to go out and buy it, man. Seriously. It's just crazy. Well, I feel like that's with Instagram now, too, with uh, relationships in general. I feel like that's kind of the same state of mind everyone's in, mm-hmm. where it's like, if I, oh, I can go on Instagram and see 10 baddies with no stress or no problems, but I'm in this relationship with a super awesome girl, but we have, like, one or two problems, no, nah, it's not worth it. Because if I go on Instagram... It's like brainwash. That's yeah, exactly right. what it is. Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. I mean, that's going back to when I said social media, it could either be the devil or yeah. the angel. It can help you, like, in a lot of situations, like like me, like, looking how to be cancer, you know, doing my research you yeah. know, and all that. Or it can be like, man, dude, like, oh, she she looks good, bro. But, you know, just, <laughs> you know it's yeah, like yeah. stuff like that, yeah. you know. To touch on that, right, I was, uh, I was thinking about this the other day. You know how hard you would have to work to get those type of pictures these girls post these days? Uh, right? Like, like to get a girl to send you a picture of herself or whatever, like, oh, doing that's true. some Back type in of the whatever. Day, you would have had to. You know what I mean? Like, you got to work hard. <laughs> yeah. And now girls are just like. Throwing it out. They just throw it out there. Like, you, you get, if you want to see something, you go see it. Yeah. And it's just crazy how fast, like, Flipped everything around. has kind of changed because of social media, right? Yeah, and it's like yeah. the attention is so. Tension is gold now for people. Like, it's crazy. Back in the day, you get a picture like that, you're like, oh, oh my right? God. And you show all your friends. <laughs> Nowadays, it's just like, oh, whatever. I got 3,000 of those on Instagram. Right? Yeah. It's like, if a girl sends me a new pic, it's like, huh, why did you do that? Yeah, That's yeah, what's going weird. on? It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's backwards. Man, there's yeah. so, and there's so many, like, apps with, like, trying to make people seem like, you know, all these filters, you know, like, yep. oh, man, I got to. I got a bad haircut. You know what? Let me get my filter app and fix this hair. You know what I'm saying? And you got a fresh cut, you know, but it's not really a fresh cut. But because of the filters and the apps that they have nowadays, it makes you look completely different than what you really are. You know what I mean? Well, you guys saw that that old old filter, old filter thing. It was a young kid that created that. I thought it was the Russians. Is that a is that a conspiracy theory? No, that's what it, that was the whole thing with the old face filter. Uh, I do kind of vaguely remember hearing like, oh, something the Russians the created Russians. it, and now they have everybody's information or yeah. something like is that. Is it the pictures? Okay. Well, I heard it was like a young kid that created it. I might be wrong, but uh, just stuff like that, right? It's like something like yeah. that happens, and then everyone does it, and everyone wants that kind of. I won't say attention, but just to be a part of the yeah. culture or whatever's going on. That was super cool. That was really well done. Oh, I didn't yeah. do it. It terrified me, man. I started using lotion the day after I did that. I was like, I ain't trying to look like that, bro. Damn, is this what we're going to look like? 
products that make you look younger for years to come. Like, yes. Yeah. That Chris Jenner effect. That's what they want. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Everybody God. wants to be a part of that whole, like, the Kardashian process of just looking young and... I might be tripping, but do y'all think Kanye has been getting work done to his face? Because his, his oh, cheeks look kind of... He good. admitted it, though, right? Didn't he get lipo? Probably. I, I think he admitted he actually got surgery. Oh, um, man. Well, I'm not surprised, but I mean, like... Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, yeah. if he was with anybody else, I don't think he would have. Oh, for sure not. So I have a, uh, a co... Well, I have a co-worker currently. I don't know if that'll change in the near future, because I'm... I don't know, man. I don't know if this... Uh, the sales stuff is for me all the way. Like, I like doing shit like this. But uh, we were talking about Kanye. He said he's a huge fan. Um, and he's black. So I was like, you know, any of his comments that kind of throw you off? And he's all, he goes, no, because we all have our own opinions. We all have our own uh, thoughts. And I like his music. I like his clothing. You know, I try to separate his personal stuff from his creative stuff. He's a creative genius. I respect that. And that's what I like about him. Right. You know, all the other negative stuff, you know, uh, or all the other stuff that he, you know, he thinks or he says, you know, I don't let that affect the things that I like about him. Right. You know, and it kind of changed my mind and my aspect on, on some of the situation of him. And I was like, okay, you know, I've always told myself I'll never get a pair of Yeezys, but I kind of like the shoes a little bit, you know. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I might get some now because creatively I think he's great, you know. But his thought process, I don't want to support someone whose thought process is, is kind of skewed, you know? Do you have any opinions on that? Um, man, it's, yeah, it's, it's different, man. It's, um, everybody has their own opinion on things like you were saying, man. And, um, you know, going back to me, I felt like I kind of got looked at differently for like being vegetarian, you know, like, uh, like my girls, like her family, like, um, you know, they eat like a lot of meat, you know, at parties and stuff. And yeah. then I'm like, kind of like that odd man. I was just like, ah, oh, man, I'm gonna just have this bowl of white rice right here. My you're a big dude good. too, I'm right? Good, so huh? it's like you're a big dude. So man, I'm like, yeah. So like, I'm like, you know, I'm just eat this rice and I'm good. And then you know, I kind of feel like I'm still hungry, but I don't want to admit it. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. man, it's you don't want to knock anybody on their own beliefs if you know they're you know they they mean well. You know what I mean? And like they, if you're if you're good at what you do, like that that just shows like you you're a genius in a, in a sense of like you're doing good you you have a vision mm-hmm. you made it happen and it's killing the game you know and if you have some beliefs on certain things you know like i mean we may not agree but that doesn't just that doesn't change the fact that i still fuck with you, you know, yeah. you're still my guy yeah. you know what i'm saying like um and that's just i feel like that's the vision that a lot of people have on kanye like man i fuck with his music you know he's tough the celebration album graduation like that those are tough albums you know and yeah like, but you know i don't fuck where he's at now but i still fuck with his music though you know yeah. it's like that's how a lot of times people are looking at him right now you know? like like michael jackson or r kelly exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's so different bro. <laughs> he got quiet real quick it was like uh, that's so different oh man that's <laughs> I think it's super interesting, though, with the whole Kanye thing is like, because I feel like if you did take enough time to co- go through his thought processes, you would probably be like, okay, well, I see where you're coming from. But I feel like a now nowadays everyone wants everything so quick, just like the fast food, yeah. where it's like, well, I, yeah. I kind of see what you're coming from, but I don't want to take the time to understand it. So I'm just going to say, screw that, yeah. and then go on to the other side. You know what I mean? He was like, slavery is a choice. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I got yeah. mad. I was angry. Then I'm like... Those people could have jumped off the boat. Some of them. Some of them could have jumped off the boat. 
You know, some of them could have tried to run away, and they probably would have died, and they could have died instead of, you know, being in slavery. So I guess the deeper meaning is he's saying they could have literally died instead of being slaves. They had a choice to die or to be a slave. So I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. But at the same time... Well, I think it was more of a topical in terms of today's type of slavery. I don't think he was referencing, like, back then slavery. No, he was referencing back then slavery. That's what I'm thinking. Well, let me... um, let me chip in on some. So, have y'all ever seen the Disney movies A Bug's Life? Yeah. yeah. So, if you remember, in the beginning of the movie, hundreds of ants were getting tons of food for these grasshoppers. Wasn't that many of them. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. The, grapp- the grasshoppers knew, like, yo, if these ants figure it out, if they figure out that they outnumber us 100 to 1, we're fucked. Yeah. But they never figured it out until the end. Yeah. So, I think Kanye's thing was, like, there were so many more slaves than there were owners. If yeah. the slaves understood that and said bro we can catch them slipping get their guns and kill all of them and we all do that we'll be good there'll be no slavery i think uh, that was his his, his, thought, his process. thought process yeah, yeah. yeah i mean it's it's easier so many said ways than, you can take it right yeah yeah, yeah. i think it's easier said than done yeah. you know because it's like it, yeah like that t- whole thing but um but i think that's the direction he was going like he probably knew that there was way more slaves than there were like owners to where they could have came up with a plan and overtook them mm-hmm. and stopped everything. But the fact that they just kind of accepted it, they thought they were the bigger guys, the ones with the weapons, you know, whatever, yeah. they just kind of decided just, you know. They're so. ignorant to their abilities, I feel Exactly, like. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a whole interesting topic, too, because I feel like his whole thing behind all that, too, was just kind of saying, like, yo, like, I understand it was a huge problem in the past, but we're at where we're at now, and we need to be focusing on this instead of looking to the past mm-hmm. to try to bring up these problems and blame it for what's going on now. It's like, right. yeah, we went through all that shit, but let's fucking boss up and handle what's going on now. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Kanye's an interesting dude, though. Very interesting. Very interesting. So you, uh, you're getting into the, the public speaking field. Um, have you done any, like, bigger uh, speeches or speakings lately? or? Um, I haven't spoke in a while. Um, I've spoken at, you know, like I said, a couple of high schools here and there. Um, I've spoken at um, a Cycle for Survival event, which is a cancer fundraiser um, in San Francisco. Spoken at like a couple of Relay for Life events, which is another cancer fundraiser event. Um, spoken at a couple of hospitals and shared my stories over there. Um, so it's it's a real building process. It's something that I learned. You know, it takes time. It takes a lot of focus and energy to do to make sure that your grammar's on point, mm. you're understanding your audience, whether I'm speaking at high school kids or I'm speaking in front of CEOs, I have to understand that I gotta make these people feel like they're in my shoes. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm working on trying to get more speaking engagements at the moment, um, just trying to figure out the right direction to go with that. Um, kind of looking at maybe getting a website or mm. maybe kind of like putting an application on a website to where if people want me to come share my story, they can come book me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just kind of taking it one day at a time with that. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking for more uh, speaking opportunities. Gotcha. So I imagine a lot of people will probably come up to you after the speeches too, be like, dude, that was so dope. Like, here, take my card. We'd love to have you come and speak. And uh, It's happened a couple of times, most definitely. And, um, yeah, it's def- it, you know, the speeches that I've done, you know, have – related were related to previous speeches that I've done before um the last one I actually did was in Vegas earlier this year oh, at a, uh, 
it's called a Juice Plus convention. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a health food, you know, like type of thing. And I kind of went and shared my story about how important it was to, you know, eat healthy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. I definitely met a lot of good people there that, um, you know, were inspired and, you know, I'm still friends with till this day. Um, so, yeah, I'm just hoping that I can further on my uh, my pursuit in that and continue to just try to inspire people and uh, yeah, get the word out about it. So being a uh, cancer survivor um, and understanding how profitable, you know, the whole cancer situation in a whole is for the medical field and, and everything like that. If there was a cure for cancer, do you think it would ever come out? I believe there's numerous cures for cancer. I mean, that's just my whole view on it. Um, you know, I always tell people all the time, pharmaceutical companies have trillions, not billions, trillions of dollars mm-hmm. from all these people getting sick. A drug is like weed, you know, like like Advil, Tylenol, chemo, it's like weed. It works, you get high, you fall off the high, you want more of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really cure you. It's not like smoking weed gets you high forever, yeah. you know what I mean? What I learned is that, you know, like all these people that Dr. Sebi, mm-hmm. I was I'm so mad you said that, that was that was my, my next day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Hey, it's like a more of a uh, suppressing it and treating it than curing it. Exactly. One hundred percent, man. You can cure diseases right now. It's been out for years about the foods you can have when it was the year well let's just say when it was a hundred years ago there was no doctors there was no pharmaceutical companies like what you had to do was find whatever you saw in nature and use that you know what i mean if you're hunting with your family and you're in the the jungle and you know you got an uncontrollable uh disease like a i don't know whatever the scenario may be you may go find like a plant, you know, and cut the plant open and like, you know, rub the plant on your body or whatever, and then you're cured the next day. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the direction that always has worked, you know, and it's information that if people knew that information about, you know, the foods that cure diseases and whatnot, the pharmaceutical company is gonna lose billions of dollars, which means no more medical schools, no more hospitals, like there'll be no need. Mm-hmm. Cause all you have to do is eat these foods and that's putting hundreds of thousands of pe- millions of people out of jobs because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't knock anybody in the medical field. I always say that they saved my life that, you know, Children's Hospital, UCSF, like the staff there was amazing. And I, I know they help people out a lot. I have family and relatives that work in that field. And, um, I definitely believe there's a need for them. If you break your leg, you definitely need some treatment for that. Mm-hmm. But my my whole thing is just like the whole like there's no cure for it type of thing, which I which is where I get upset at. You know, like if you go to a doctor and say, hey, like I need, I heard about going vegan, I heard about going vegetarian. They're gonna look at you and be like, oh well, no, because you're not gonna have this kind of minerals. You're gonna be missing out on this. But it's like you can get all that from plants. Mm-hmm. You know, like you look at gorillas; they're the strongest animals in the you know in the jungle mm-hmm. and they're vegans they only eat plants and seeds mm-hmm. so you know people don't know that and so it's like it's something that it's kind of like a process for people to understand because some people don't want to believe it because they're so comfortable where they're mm-hmm. at but it's something that I value a lot in understanding that you know it's it, it is what it is you know they have the money to 
kind of brainwash you like you said mm-hmm. you know and some people are just kind of take that and go with it yeah because we had scotty on here he's a uh a ucla uh neuroscientist major and he was saying pretty much you know the medical field has kind of failed us oh for sure you know we've put so much money into them advancing our lives and actually like saving us from certain things and it's like there hasn't been any step forward and and cures or anything like that in a long time you know so it's like we're spending all this money for them to help us and you know they're kind of failing us yeah i mean i he's 100 percent correct with that man i mean there's they're getting it's not like you can't tell me you don't have enough money to find a cure. I mean, come on, dog. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'll for say I can actually say I'm living proof that you don't need chemo to beat cancer. You don't need, you know, all these medical treatments. You say you need to beat cancer. You know, and it it feels great to say that I myself am living proof of that. Yeah. And it, you know, it it comes down to you know, just understanding that's the way it is. They have the money. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I was on Facebook. I can't remember. It was not too long ago, and I remember reading some bullshit where it said. Studies say eating fast food once a week can save your life or expand your life by 30 years. And I'm like, what type of McDonald's, Burger King yeah. face played or paid this, these companies to write this to bullshit? That, yeah. You know, that did not come from actual studies. That came from like a pharmaceutical company paying or someone paying these people to profit their business people are going to go eat fast food and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. Oh, well, it said I can eat fast food twice a week. Here's my twice a week meals of fast food. I don't feel guilty because I'm going to live an extra 30 years. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. But Man. people are believing it because of the people who are saying it. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like, it's not what you say, but it's who said it. Mm-hmm. And people are going to s- believe it because it's somebody they may look up to. Or it's like, oh, I always, I always love the news. I watch the news every day. I listen to the news and they're never wrong. And if the news said that, people are going to believe it and go run with it. Yeah. Well, it's super interesting, too, because it reminds me of when I used to personal train. I would always take the people through an evaluation of their diet and stuff. This one dude came in, and his diet was pretty on point. And then he was, I was like, oh, so uh, do you drink alcohol? He's like, yeah, I have about uh, two glasses of whiskey a night, but you know that's good for you. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what, what do you mean? He's like, oh, you know, it's like it's it's good, it's proven. Like I saw it on the internet. Like two glasses of whiskey a night is yeah. actually it's better for your heart. And I was like, ah, it's not true. I don't know where you saw that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so that, that's the biggest problem I think of uh, finding that information on the internet that is um, that's believe not believable fake news yeah fake news versus the real stuff you know because like yourself you're putting it out there you put out the real stuff you experienced it Mm -hmm. you've done the hard long hours of research to find out what works for you and how you came to where you be but then there's posts out there like the whole thing about the whiskey and then the burger once a month or, or once a week Oh man, that's so funny. That boy said two glasses of whiskey. Yeah, he said, "Well, it's good for you, so it's yeah. fine." I'm like, "Nah." I don't know if you guys know who uh, what's his name, Aziz Ansari is the, uh, comedian? the comedian. Yeah. So uh, I was watching his special the other day, and he was talking about uh, Pizza Hut and how they had a scandal, right? And he's like, "Yeah, who in the crowd has seen the scandal?" Right? They had pepperoni looking like a swastika, right? And he's <laughs> like, "You know, if if you saw it, like raise your hand." Like some people raised their hand. Like half the crowd was like, "Yeah, I saw it," and it was fake. He was really talking about <laughs> Papa John's and how Papa John's had a scandal about the Papa John's saying some type of racist stuff or whatever. But it's like people just want to be a part, be a part and like act like they know what they're talking about. Or they're like, yeah, I saw that. 
And it's like he was making up a freaking fake story yeah, just yeah. to show people how like people b- want to feel like they're they're in, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's crazy. I'm not gonna lie if I wouldn't be guilty of that. Like sometimes people will bring up so I'm like, oh, you know so and so. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just to push the conversation. I think we've all done that before. <laughs> hey, hey, just to be fair, I think we've all been. I know I have for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like the hardest thing in the world not to say yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. no, I don't know them. I'm like oh shit. Because then you, I feel like for me, it's like. If you, especially if you don't want to like be in a long conversation, yeah, yeah. And you hear somebody and they're like, "Hey, you know, so and so." If I say no, he's gonna tell another story on top of the original story, and I'm like, "I don't got time for that." Exactly. Not today. So I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." And then sometimes I'll actually call you out on it, and then you'll be like, "Oh, uh, oh I was thinking of someone else." <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, that's facts, bro. That's heck of funny right there. So, um, what are your thoughts on Doctor Sebi? Uh, I know you kind of just touched on it a little bit. Um, but as far as, you know, his teachings and his practices? I mean, I think it was all, like, you know, proven scientifically. A lot of his stuff has worked. I took a lot of information he's given. I've used it myself, um, you know, from, like, the marijuana, CBD oils, the, the Atkins, you know, all that. It's like, it, it, at the end of the day, it's like you can do something, but I'll be honest, like, there's some foods that I don't like that, you know, says hey if you eat these these are good for you i'm like damn i don't really like that so mm-hmm. that kind of led me to like try other things but that were mm-hmm. still in like that book you know so um i think his knowledge was very very powerful man and you know it's it's sad that he's gone you know and i, I mean i don't know you say th- you hear the government killed him you know what i'm saying yeah. he already died at old <laughs> age and i'm just like i don't even know what to believe i mean it's like did you think it was kind of fishy the way he passed oh for sure yeah. You know, I definitely just, I don't know. Like, I really didn't even do too much research on it, to be honest with you. I mean, it was one of those things you don't want to believe. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's unfortunate that it happened. But, um, you know, you had a lot of information out, you know, about how to cure diseases. And like I said, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is a trillion-dollar company. Mm-hmm. They're literally, like, for me, myself, all my medical bills, like my amputation, nine months of chemo, the 10 plus years of my CT and bone scans, it was over $10 million. Oh my God. Over 10, I mean, thank God for insurance. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, shit, bro. They killing people out here for real. Ten, for Just for me, I'm one person. Imagine how many people, not just in wow. the Bay Area, not just in Northern California. Imagine how many people are in hospitals right now. Look at all the money they're racking in. There's no way that they have they're saying they have no, we need more money. We need to find cures. Yeah. You got $10 million just from me. Yeah. What are you talking about? That's one person. That's mind blowing. Well, so I was at a, uh, there's this young dude, uh, Jonathan, who has, uh, shoot, he has some sort of disease and a whole bunch of dislocated bones when he was born. Um, but I went to record him at a talk he was doing recently. And it was a whole bunch of medical professionals. And they were talking about gene therapy versus some other therapy. And they had thrown out the number of the other therapy. It was like kind of reasonable. It was like in the six-figure range. was still expensive to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, compared to gene uh, therapy of uh, three installments of $5 million, I was like, what? And, like, this is a therapy they're supposed to be given to, like, two-year-olds and three-year-olds. So you're putting these parents on the line where it's like, I just have my newborn baby that is the star of my life. And you're going to bank- bankrupt me. You're going to bankrupt me for 15 mil or Damn. 10 mil or whatever the insane number is. That's outrageous. Yeah, bro. I mean, I remember, I remember cleaning out my mom's, uh, we're cleaning out her house one day, and I was looking at all the bills that were coming to the house. And I mean, bills were like 100 grand here, 80 grand here, 200 grand here. Like, 
like my amputation alone was like almost 500,000. Like it was, it's just crazy to understand how much money the pharmaceutical companies make every year. And the fact that people are still getting sick, people are still, you know, uncurable, you know, as they say, you know, my cancer was diagnosed as terminal in 2007. Mm. I was given six months to live. They said, we have no cure for you trillion dollars and you can't find anything yeah. that's gonna work come on bro let's yeah. be real here like i mean being that young i'm sorry to cut you off um but how do you process something like that hearing like a doctor right i'm sure it was a doctor that kind of response man like so the truthful story with that actually is i wasn't told my mom was told i mean i was 15 at the time so my mom didn't tell me till like i long surpassed that diagnosis they told my mom i was gonna die in about six months wow and she didn't tell me i mean i was just you know they asked me okay we have no cure unless you want to do chemo again what do you want to do and i said i just want to go back to school i just want to go back to school with my friends be on the basketball team manage the team and just try just do what regular kids do so that was basically the same time they i was my parents were told i had six months to live so and then your parents left that decision up to you as far as they left it to up get to get chemo again Damn. or not yeah and wow. i decided to go back to school and they let me do it and you know it was just like saved your you life know, saved my life yeah i mean i god only knows what would happen if i decided to do chemo again yeah you know i mean i could have could made me worse it could have made me better but it could have prolonged like some injuries or like health issues like in the past or in the future excuse yeah me. for real but um I mean, I'm thankful I made that decision, and I'm here where I'm at today. Um, so that's huge. What's well, like? I, I hate to compare it to like a pot quote, but like it's kind of like you either die like a man or live like a coward. You know what I mean? Like you, no, that's facts. You, you that's put yourself facts. on the line by taking that option. But look at you now. You know what I mean? It's better to live a life that you are in control of yeah. than kind of sitting back on the sidelines and saying like, "Fuck it, whatever." You know? Yeah. And I always say, man, if I knew, if I had the information I had now and I got just uh, got diagnosed with cancer, I probably could have cured myself in like a month or two. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, like, just, it's just crazy. You know, like, I'm just so thankful that, you know, we're in a generation now, you know, where it's like it's so helpful with like social media and like mm-hmm. the Internet used to like really find out what's really going on and ways to help you, you know, Um so yeah, that's uh, it's definitely a blessing now for sure. Now, you're a good looking dude, right? Uh, as far as you know, when you got your arm amputated, were you like, damn, like, is this gonna affect like my situation with the ladies? Like, did you <laughs> did you think about that? Oh man, uh, a little bit, but you know, and I'll be honest, and I'm sure my my girl's probably gonna hear this, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I damn near got more attention having one arm than okay. I did when I had two. I mean. Um, <laughs> Man, and I, uh, I tell this story all the time, man. Um, you know, when I first, you know, obviously I got diagnosed my freshman year. I missed out on a lot of dances. You know, I didn't go to, like, my prom. You know, I went to my senior prom, but that was it. I didn't go to, like, the homecomings or none of that, really. So when I turned 18, I was like, man, I'm going to the club, bro. It was yeah. good. So I went with my friends. We were going all the time. Yeah. So much to where security knew me. And they were just like, hey, Troy, come on, bro. You ain't got to wait in that line. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. And um, a funny story, man. Like, I was, like, dancing, like, with somebody. Like, one, like, earlier in the night. And then, like, later on in the night, like, I'm just, like, chilling, posted. I had a long sleeve shirt on, right? So as you can see, like, I tucked my sleeve in. So it was just not, like, hanging out, you know, or whatever and whatnot. And I'm just chilling, you know. And um, 
Yeah, like the girl reached in my sleeve and just pulled it out. Like didn't even say nothing. I'm looking and it's like, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And she just kind of looked at me like, what happened? I'm like, get the fuck out. Like, come on now, bro. Like, it's, <laughs> like some things are just like, you know, common sense. You know what I mean? Like, you like, don't it's do that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, so, yeah, I've definitely seen some shit, man. And like another time I was like in the club, like I got a girl's number or whatever. And, uh. We were texting later on that night, and she, like, texted me, like, hey, can I ask you something? I'm like, yeah, what's good? She was like, um, how come you had your arm in your sleeve the whole night? And I looked at my bros. We're at, we're at like, Danny's or something. We just started cracking up. Like, is this <laughs> motherfucker for real? Like, yeah. who would do that? Like, yeah. in reality, like, if I had two arms, why would I keep my arm in my yeah. sleeve the whole night? Like, yeah. if anything, I'd ha- if it was broken, I'd have, like, a sling, you know, where you could yeah, still exactly. see it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, nah, man, that was, uh, that was funny to, uh, <laughs> to experience some of those things. But, um. But yeah, I would definitely say I kind of got more attention so um, mm-hmm. than before. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been pretty funny. I've experienced some pretty funny things. Yeah. When it comes to how people approach you, of you course. know, um, if they're like attracted to you, they want to get to know you or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's hella yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. I had to ask. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Nah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's all good, man. It's uh, it's pretty. It's been pretty funny, like the past. Who thing. would have their arm in their sleeve the whole night like that? That's weird. It's hot as hell in the yeah. club, bro. Like, come on now. There's so many people around. Like, what do you? What am I gonna do? Just leave it in there the whole night? Boy, and why? Why would a girl want someone who's weird enough just to be in there with one arm in the, in the sleeve? Yeah. You know, like what, you what? can tell. Like, I don't have like a shoulder blade, so obviously it's like something's missing you know what i mean like it would kind of you could tell like it'd be like an arm like just dangling yeah. like in your shirt yeah. like it she was probably just, just didn't know how to ask yeah that's true or i mean but I, ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean i don't know it's that was just funny like i was not <laughs> expecting that she was like i can i ask you something I'm like what's good like you know i don't know you want to like go for lunch or something like that yeah, like, yeah, i don't yeah. know what she was trying to talk to me about but yeah. that was the last thing i was expecting <laughs> but that was funny yeah so you're a big uh, sports fan as far as uh, besides basketball? Um, yeah, I definitely love sports, man. Um, baseball is definitely cool. Born to watch on TV. Yeah, unless time. it's like, Facts. you know, probably the playoffs or something like mm-hmm. that. And the Giants or A's are in it. Um, b- football, I'm big into as well, but I feel like that's very politic now. Like, it is a lot of ownership bullshit that goes on in it to where I feel like there's owners in a room like this you own the jets you own the patriots i own the cowboys and we're like somebody's gonna walk in the door and be like okay guys this is gonna be the schedule this is gonna be who wins the championship that's what i feel like i kind of feel like it's rigged i mean Mm -hmm. i don't i don't necessarily know if that's the case but i feel like who they want to win is who's gonna win yeah Mm -hmm. i yeah i'm a big sports guy so i hope not uh, same but here. I, I same see. Here. I can see it happening. I can see it happening. Well, it's just like the medical thing, bro. Right. It's just like the, if if they're doing it high up in the medical field, why wouldn't they be doing it in the sports field? They're, I mean, sports is making so much money off these players, you know, and it's like, I mean, I feel like they understand we'll bring in more revenue if this team wins the championship. Yeah. We'll have more viewers. More merch. More merch. If this team wins, it's gonna our profits are going to go down by like 30 40 percent and that's going to hurt their pockets and they're like damn so i'm sure you watched the nfc championship last year right with the saints yeah come on bro 
Yeah. A referee was standing right, like, you're boom. There's no you way you can miss that. You smacked him. Yeah. I'm right here watching you. Yeah. And I don't call anything. But and to that, combat that, right, it's like they come out with these new rules to try to fix stuff like that? Or do yeah. you think they're just trying to change the viewer's perception on it? I think they did that new rule change for their perception of the viewers understanding that, like... They're upset. They're upset. They protested yeah. at the Super Bowl. And I was just like, that's how you know there's an issue, you know? And, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were just like, you know, fuck it. Let's just... Let's just get this team in the Super Bowl, and then next year, we'll, it's whoever wins, wins, you know, yeah. type of thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I can it, see it being rigged, though. I, I can see it. Even, my, even, like, going back to me coaching. Like, I coached in, the, um, I coached in a couple leagues where it was, like, um, the owners or the teams that we would play, their team paid the refs to ref the games. Mm. So, if a call didn't go our way, I'm like, what the fuck you know oh oh i get it yeah that team paid you okay that makes sense i see why we're not getting no calls and they're yeah. getting you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so that's that's just unfortunately how i feel like sports is you know i mean it's entertaining though i feel like i mean super bowl sunday that's a damn holiday yeah people get together on the weekends they barbecue get drinks you know and you, you party you know that's you know sports brings people together it's a community so it's it's definitely something pretty cool mm-hmm. you know so do you play video games at all? Do you have, is there like special controllers or like how does it? Nah, I use regular controllers and I can like kick some people's ass yeah. too. Like, yeah, that's dope. I play 2K, uh, definitely play Madden, uh, FIFA. Uh, only thing I'm not really good at or big into is like, like Fortnite, like gun games. Yeah. I don't like the accuracy. I'm not that good at like being accurate, you know, like being in the scope you know like and sniping somebody and then yeah. turn around like i don't have that kind of accuracy like i never rode the uh fortnite wave either no nah, nah, not me man my no kids way. do it. i'm just like bro there's so much you can do <laughs> being 11 12 years old other than staying on the video games all day yeah especially now like back in our day like when you had to like ride your bike to go see if your homie was home and if he wasn't yeah. home you had to ride your bike back home yeah. you know yeah. like that's so much different now you just hey you home all right, it's good. I'm gonna just stay at the house then. You know, like <laughs> so lazy. It's yeah. just like, man, it's that's true. So, uh, but yeah, video games is definitely fun. I usually only play them like if I have like friends come over and whatnot. Yeah, um, I'll play them sometimes if I'm trying to kill time or something during yeah. the day if I don't have anything to do. But uh, but yeah, I'm big into like sports games and whatnot. How do you feel about esports being a thing now? Where it's like people, I guess some dude won a Fortnite championship like a month ago. He was young too. Got like three million dollars yeah. or something crazy. Yeah, I think that's huge, man. I think kids nowadays, it's like, it's there's so many ways you can, you know, become successful. Even if it does mean playing video games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but like the NBA, they all have professional video gaming squads now. Yeah. Like the Warriors have like five or six guys that play video games, like plays 2K, mm-hmm. and they'll play against like the New York Knicks video game team. Damn. And they get money. They travel the country. They Literally. actually get paid. Yeah. They'll be in a room like this. Five t- There's five players, five TVs. They're all like on their headphones with their controllers, and they're Damn. playing against people online, and they're getting money doing that. They have a salary. They have housing, yep. benefits, <laughs> square, everything. That's so dude, nuts, like, dude. You travel like free hotels, free yeah. flights, and – yeah. So it's, I mean, video games, as much as people want to knock them or whatever, hey, they, 
they can make you they can make you it's a big deal yeah because <laughs> so my girl works at uh twitch okay right and uh they just lost ninja oh yeah right so it was a big thing right like i know a couple of her coworkers and stuff and like they they weren't mad about it they were just like you know it is what it is like right. another company was able to pay him more than we could of course twitch is still going to be twitch right they're the leader in the gaming industry right um but it was just kind of uh interesting to see them lose like drake damn near to the gaming industry well they, yeah. they lost one percent of their revenue which is huge if you're making like a billion dollars that's a huge profit yeah. loss from one person leaving one person yeah one percent that's huge because i mean i'm i don't know any other gamers other than that seven-year-old kid that fucking reviews games that he plays or those toys that he plays with i don't know he made like 23 million dollars just off like opening up boxes of toys and like saying if they were cool or not made a lot Sheesh. of money because right? like my niece signed up yeah when i was man. younger my niece literally watched on her ipad other kids play with toys huh. it's like a thing, that's crazy, <laughs> it's a thing. i would rather play with them myself for real it's crazy yeah that's wild Hey, there's so many ways to make money now. I'm not even surprised. Yeah. Oh, uh, and another thing I saw, it was a rapper. He has a podcast. His name's Gilly. Uh, he's like, you know, everyone's, you know, wants the attention. Everyone wants to be reposted as a musician or as an artist. Everyone wants that, like, notoriety, right? Like, they want to be out there. He goes, I know one thing you can do to get famous right away. Hey, everyone can do it. He goes, shit in a bowl and eat it. <laughs> He's like, everybody will repost you. Go shit in the bowl and eat it. You'll be famous. And I was like, I was like, damn, like, he's not lying. Yeah. If you do some stupid ass extreme shit like that, people gonna post it, you're gonna be famous. Yeah. Right? And no one you don't want it that bad. People some people do though. I guarantee it, bro. Some people do some dumb shit. I hope not, man. Well, that's like that boom gang fool <laughs> and all these people, bro. It's all uh, just shock yeah. factor. That's all it is nowadays. People yeah. just wanna do the next stupid thing to get hot for like 10 minutes and fall off yeah. Yeah, yesterday i was watching like world star some dude pulled up to a drive-thru he's at popeyes she was like welcome to popeyes can i help you he was like actually you can't help me i don't want nothing from this janky place bro like your fries <laughs> are hella stale like just talking shit and <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. okay obviously that's not the response people usually get but the fact that he did that and it was recorded it went yeah. viral and it's just like yeah like, what is the i don't know i mean it may work for some people. That may be how some people may just get there. He may do dumb shit, but in reality, he wants to do something else. And he just did that to get himself kind of noticed, and then it happened. So I also think it's kind of sometimes a different form of comedy, right? Yeah, like, I follow this guy, Funny Marco. I'm, I'm just giving everybody shout-outs today. But uh, <laughs> he'll, like, be on his AirPods, and he'll be, like, looking at you and, like, talking to you, like, so you really going to steal my cookies? And like, the person will be looking at him like... What are you talking about? He's like, oh, I'm on the phone. And like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. He's hella funny. Yeah, he's bro. hella funny. He'd I be love at that. Walmart. He'd be <laughs> like, you'll be buying some bread. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm about to get the bread right now. Take it out of your hands. <laughs> he takes it out of your cart, right? It's like, that shit is funny, but it's, it's, I think it's just a different form of comedy. Yeah. Some people get pissed about it, but, yeah. you know. I forgot that one dude's name, but uh, <laughs> he'd be walking up to people and he'd just be like, like, what's up, Uncle Willie? Hey, Uncle Willie, I see oh, you in a minute, man. I know his name. His name's Gerald. Gerald Houston. Bro, he got a great, Gerald Houston. great name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, what's up, what's up, Auntie Mina? Hey, I see you in a minute. And they'd be like, who are you? Like, get away from me. <laughs> Acting like he knows you. He called yeah, you by yeah. name, some random name or whatever. 
She's like, I love, uh, I love my three kids. That's you on Instagram, right? And then she's like, No, that ain't me. He's like trying to give him a hug. And shit. That shit is hilarious. Damn, but it's, I think that type of stuff is funny. Like when you're actually like damaging people's property or stealing or trying to harm somebody. Yeah, that's stupid, that's when it gets yeah. you know taken overboard. Well, it's like that one dude. What was his name? Uh, Patty, Patty something. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, Supreme Patty. Supreme Patty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is he dead now? I would be surprised, man. He does some dumb shit, man. Throw, oh, he'll shit. go to a hotel and throw a microwave out the the window and beat the TV up with a baseball bat just for some views, bro. Oh man. Ridiculous. Or you didn't see the uh, ice cream looking phase, did you? I saw it. I saw one video. Yeah. People would go into grocery stores, like open the top of a ice cream tub and lick it, and then put it back, and then put it back. And oh yeah. hell no! And the girl got arrested actually, and she Good. ended up going to jail for like uh, tampering with consumer products or something Good, like that. Bro. That's yeah. what needs to start happening. They need to start. There should be a page that people post the consequences of this dumb shit. Oh yeah. Just to say like, hey, yeah, it went viral, but she's locked up for ten years. Yeah. Right. You know what <laughs> I mean? Hey, hey, it was funny, right? She's in jail. You know what I mean? Because that's like. I hate to bring this up, but I hate, I always see this happen. Like a lot of young athletes, especially, will have a really good career in front of them, and then they'll get hit with some false accusations mm-hmm. of rape. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it'll screw their career up, screw their life up, and then it'll come out that it wasn't true, and then mm-hmm. nothing will happen to the girl. Nothing happens to the girl. Yeah. Yeah, that needs to change. Yeah. Big time. Because then you, you need to, you know, re- provoke some fear into these women. So yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, you, if something bad happens, you want them to come out and say it. Yeah. But facts. if it's not true, there needs to be some consequences. Oh, facts. You know exactly. What I mean? That's yeah. how I feel, too. 100%. Totally agree. Get the same charge that the dude was going to get, if anything. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely wouldn't do it then. <laughs> facts. Yeah, that's, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, so anything that you, uh, you know, throughout your life, because, you, you know, you've been through some shit, uh, would say your biggest advice would be to someone younger or coming up or trying to figure it out in life? Like, what's that one thing you would tell them? Smoothies. Man, right? <laughs> hey, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Oh, uh, man. I would say my biggest advice, man, is just, um, you know, be grateful, man, for every day that you're here. Um, whatever life throws at you, take that as, you know, a learning experience, you know. One thing I always tell my kids in coaching, uh, L doesn't stand for losing, it stands for learning. You mm. know, you take what you did wrong in this game, you even take what you did right. You look at how you can make it better, you do your research on how you can improve, and then next time you go out there and execute, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like life is in the same sense of basketball, you know. You take it one day at a time, you know, don't don't look at it as, don't look at bad things that's happening to you as being a negative, looking at it as being like a positive. It's steering you away from something that could have gone wrong. And mm-hmm. as long as you're still here, you're still breathing, that's an opportunity to grow, you know? So, um, yeah, that would be my biggest advice. You know, I want people to understand life is beautiful, man. And, you know, it's important to just, uh, yeah, live life to the fullest and, you know, spread positive energy around and, um, Yes, like spread love, man, and um, yeah, just be grateful. Mm-hmm. Just be grateful. I think that's a good, good point to end it on. Honestly, that's that's some powerful advice. Do you have anything you want to plug in terms of your Instagram, maybe YouTube channel or something you got coming up? Um, yeah, so my Instagram is at tflyed, uh, t f l y e d. Um, I'm definitely looking into making a YouTube channel. Uh, like I said, I'm big into cooking, into smoothies, 
And a lot of people have asked me, you know, how'd you beat cancer? You know, when I say like, I kind of went on a plant-based vegetarian diet, mm -hmm. they want to know, what did you eat? So I feel like it's kind of important that I kind of spread that awareness about what I did. And it's something I enjoy doing as well. So um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. And um, yeah, you can reach out to me, you know, via Instagram or my Facebook, you know, um, and if you want me to come like speak, you know, that'd be huge. I definitely love speaking and um, just sharing my story around. So um, yeah, I want to thank you guys for having me on, bro. This is, uh, it's been cool, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, oh, of course, man. Happy to have you. Hell yeah. yeah. All right. Boom. All on no podcast. Thank you. <laughs>